Welcome back to the SC Halfback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski. Welcome to another off-season pod today. We're talking about one of my favorite players to watch in the NRL and someone who we need to put a bit of a microscope on to see what is his super coach value heading into 2023 because it is a very, very interesting situation. We're talking about Jason Tamalola, the 2RF from the North Queensland Cowboys, obviously former Dally M winner, super coach, great in his day. Um, I post up the uh, overall point finishes in the last six years. Tamalola was the other day. 2018, fifth overall, 2019, 21st overall, 2020, 34th overall. Three great seasons in a row if you did draft him. 2021, 179th, there was uh, some injury affected and obviously uh change of coach there. 2022, back to 44th overall. So we all think that two seasons ago, there was already dropped off, but he had a 44 overall. And then last year, 229 injuries and rotation affected him there. So it begs the question, is Jason Tumalolo still a viable option? Now, I am about to post another social post after this, you know, throwing a couple of things in there about him. Um, some interesting stats. It's the first time... Uh, so he has not averaged over 60 points in a season since the 2020 season. So even last year when he, you know, finished 44th overall, that was more of a volume play. He, haven't, he hasn't averaged over 60 since that season. He will start sub 400k next season. So if you're looking for that mid-range, you know, guy that can, you know, increase 150k with a good start and then move on, he could potentially be your guy. On my big board, he does not rank in the current top 36 for two RFs. So you might hear that and go, there's not 36 better front rowers uh, than Jason Tamalo, but I'll just give you from 28 down. So I've already, I won't even name the top 27 guys, 28 down. Bryce Cartwright, Villain Kikau, Jeremiah Nanai, Mitch Barnett, Adam Elliott, Tyson Brazel, Jackson Ford, Angus Crichton, Teague Wilton. All guys either on an edge or middles that are busy. They don't have the questions about rotation and minutes and work rate. So begs the question, where do we have him? So right now he is number 37 overall in the big war. So he's just out of that top three rounds for the Two hours, which again is a deep position. We're going to need to play them all. He will get drafted. There's no doubt about it. But is there a chance where we can get a bit of a steal here? Well, let's have a look at it. Let's look at this year's stats compared to the previous years and see where he falls. So they played the 16 games last year. He didn't score a try. So instantly there, do we think that there's going to be a couple of plays this year where the Cowboys are in good attacking range and Tomalolo can crash over for a couple of tries? Laws of probability says he probably gets one or two meat pies. So we put it up a little bit there. He had 31 tackle breaks across those 16 games. That's less than two a game. A guy like Jason Tamalolo, even in limited minutes, it seems low. It seems the floor. You know, I think he can, you know, get a couple more tackle breaks here and there. So let's, let's give him a little bit of an increase there. Average of 11 hit-ups. Okay. Even if that goes up a little bit, that's fine. We can keep that there. Here's the big one for me. Offloads. He had three offloads in those 16 games. They really used him as a battering ram. And I just think that Todd Payton needs to find ways to use him differently, whether it's on an edge, whether it's in shorter spurts, and it's just hit the line, turn offload to try and get some second phase play. They've got to use him a bit differently. So I think those three offloads have to go up. Tackles, an 89% efficiency. Doesn't seem too bad for a middle, but we'll come back to that. Again. 
of those 11 runs, 143 meters is an average. Not bad at all. He's someone who had basically what the floor would be. There was some injury affected. I believe it was a hand from memory. He is 252 games in this season. So there's a lot of tread on those tires. But even what you saw last year, there was moments where you're like, oh, okay, it's about to pop off. And you're looking at the app going, he could be a good buy this week or there might be a low trade on him. So he's going to start as basically as low as you can get. Even if he's got two or three seasons left in his career, this is probably the lowest you'll ever get him in terms of Supercoach for the remainder of his Supercoach career. How does it stack up against previous years? So let's go back to the stats and have a look. So 2022, uh, obviously onwards. So tackle breaks. He had 31. This year he had 80 last year. So just there in terms of playing more games, obviously last year he played the 25 games, so an extra nine games, but it just shows you that he had the ability to do that. Post-contact means was way up as well. So very much his 31 offloads compares to his 2021 season, um, where obviously, again, injury affected as well, but it's got to be something that will be there. The offloads, he's the thing. But take out last year, his previous years, 22, 17, 14, 27, 23. He's a guy that always gets offloads. Early in his career, he didn't really. There was one big season in the middle, his 2016 season, one of his better seasons where he put the offload away. But it's, it is a weapon of his game. And like I said, multiple seasons over 20 in the mid-teens. So it's something that I think will have to come back. And like I said, where he plays, I think will make a huge, and how he's deployed in that front row rotation I just think that has to go up. That has to get back up towards 10. It just has to. That's a guy that, with his size and stature, the way he runs the ball, he shouldn't be just taking the ball, dropping down, trying to get a quick offload. That's not his game. He is a second-phase merchant where he can really get the attack going off the off the back of his offload. What else do we have? His tackles. So I said tackle efficiency. 89. Doesn't seem too bad, but again, his season, the last previous seasons, 91, 92, 91, 92. There was an 87 in there. 90-91. So this is a guy that, again, a couple of more missed tackles than normal. So I think, you know, a couple of things could contribute to, contribute to that. Potentially he's playing himself back in off these injuries, getting a bit more gas early on in his stints, and dropping off a few more tackles. So if he's healthy and going to play good minutes, that should stay relatively even from his previous performances. So tackle efficiency, I think you'll get a few more Less minor stats there. So instantly what I'm telling you here, guys, is we're already looking at a couple of things here. We're looking at the injury rate. Hopefully he won't be injured like last year. If you think that's just a freak injury, then we're going to obviously buy because you're going to get more games out of him, which means he'll get more overall points. So that's one. Number two, that 43 average. I'm already telling you, we have to take a couple of minor stats away. So let's get that to maybe 44, 45 and a couple more offloads. So maybe let's get it down to 47, 48. Just off a couple of stats there. Again, that's not how he's going to be deployed. So now we're looking at potentially around that 50 mark. And he's someone right now who is going to be going around a guy averaging a 42-ish. So you're already getting maybe seven to eight points in value just off, you know, what's going to happen there. Like I said, a couple of meat pies in there. So now we're looking at that 50 mark. So I still think Lolo has a 50 average in him if he's healthy for a full season. I do believe that. Let's go back to the stats, see if there's anything else we can see here. So again, his total average running meters per game, 
the last two seasons prior to this, this one, 156, 155. And then obviously we're in those 200 marks where he was consistently hitting. So I think that's not going to happen. But again, how he's deployed, that one around that 150 mark is okay because again, there's other things in his game. The using him as a battering ram, a wrecking ball close to the line, not when you're 30 meters out trying to get out of your own end. Offloads coming, you know, the potential of a try. All these things are going to add up for him to really hit that mark. Where do I see his absolute ceiling being in Supercoach this year? Even with all those things that I've said, I can't see him being more than a 54-55 type of 2RF in 2024. But again, this is a guy who even coming off that season where he was the 44th overall in 2022, it was a 57 average. That was only a season ago. So I'm predicting maybe drop a couple more points off that. Like I said, a bit more turn on those tires. But he's someone that can get you a 55. If that is the case, last year he was drafted as a 62nd overall player. I can promise you that average draft position is going to blow out. And I'm predicting at the highest, I can't see him going as more than 140. So we're doubling the average draft position from last year. It's kind of the Sean Johnson effect. Sean Johnson had a couple of good seasons around that 40 mark, 50 mark overall average. A couple of injury affected seasons, drops it down a little bit, plays out of form. And all of a sudden he can come back. Obviously, I don't think Lolo's going to be the fifth overall super coach player, but not unrealistic. You could draft him as your third 2RF and he can perform as well as your first or second. I think that is viable. Now, if you do draft him late, like I said right now, I've got him extremely late and I might be sleeping on him too much. But right now I have got Jason Tumwala going in the 13th round. Now that is a crazy overall when you think about it. 13th round, you're basically already picking potentially your bench players, your bench um, spine and coverage players at that point in the draft. Last year, he was going potentially, you know, round five, round six. So it's a huge drop and it's a huge chance for value. If you whiff your 13 pick, who cares? There's guys in the draft every year Basically, once you get past double digits, once you're past round 10 onwards, you're really looking for some value or some steal potential here. And in terms of a draft potential and a steal, you've got a guy who's got a proven pedigree two seasons ago, showed you that he can go 57. I've just given you the stats to say, statistically, it was his lowest season ever in a lot of categories. And all we're hoping for is a bounce back. Now, that Cowboys four-pack rotation is not going to lend itself to big minutes. So I think they've, they're have they well-stocked in the front row and the, in the back row, obviously. But again, how Todd Payton deploys him is going to be the interesting one because to me, I just think that he's going to have an ability to play a decent amount of minutes. I think around that 50-minute mark is all you need to play him. I don't even think you need up to that 50, 55, 60 mark. I think 50 is okay and how you deploy him. I think there's got to be a couple of offloads, you know, he's going to get a couple of tackle breaks, and good tackle efficiency, and like I said, close to the line. I think back to, I think it was Tino's last season at Melbourne, and Cam Smith and Cary Grant would have been just utilising some unders and turning him under and, you know, dropping him close to the line and getting some try for that. 
to me, there should be at least, if they're attacking on a line, there's at least one play where Reese Robson or Jake Granville is dropping either Lolo, Leilua, Luki, some of these Nanai, some of these damaging ball runners that they have. There should be a lot more. And again, don't do the Parramatta thing where you get close to the line and you start barging four times over in a row. Mix it up. You know, throw a shot. Second tackle, bang. Hit it. Okay, it's not there. Third tackle, go back out wide. But to me, there's gotta be a cup, there's gotta be at least one or two more tries. That off that offload has to go up. Or I think substantially. I think the tackle breaks will naturally bring them up self up further if they use him right. And if he's gonna be healthy, more points, less tackles missed. I just think, like I said, this is a potentially. Now, what's the floor? I think you saw it last year. You're getting a 42 averaging 2RF. Again, not too bad in that third 2RF spot. You normally would, you know, you'd like more, but you could take it. It's not going to be the worst. But the difference is you could potentially put 15 points on that average with a great season. So that's my thing on Jason Tumblr, though. I think he is going to be a good late-round stash. I think that you're buying at an incredibly low value. In Classic, I think because of his price point, you can kind of steer clear from starting with him to see how it plays out. But again, in draft, from round 12 onwards, and I've got him around 13 right now, I'm more than happy. I think there will be some draft leagues where the name factor will be there and he will still go high, maybe round 7, 8, 9. I think that's okay. I think you let that guy make that move. I think there's some other, like I mentioned, those back rollers, the Nanais, the Kikows, some of those real ceiling guys. Um, but yeah, to me, Jason Tomlin is a perfect buy-low option in the draft where you could draft him late. Potentially, you could flip him after a couple of really good weeks. Or you can sit there and go, you know what? You're going to be my my third 2RF. You've got no origin through the year. I trust you. You know, and again, there's only times coming up in these last couple of seasons where some of these great players, as we've been playing Supercoach and have owned and done really well for us, are going to finish. And it's just nice to own them once or twice before they finish up. You know, to me... Jordan Rapana is one of those guys as I'm kind of doing the big board and getting through the offseason. I really just want to have Jordan Rapana as my fourth CTW potentially. I know Cameron may not be great this year, but I'd like to own him at some stage and just have him in my team. So to me, Lolo fits that bill perfectly. I think that this potentially may be the last really, really good Lolo season, depending on how it goes. So an interesting one, guys. Some guys might disagree and think that he's washed and he's done and from a super coach perspective, has no value. But like I said, I just look at the stats. I look at his past performance not too long ago. Again, we're looking, we're talking about the 2022 season. So it's not long. I'm not talking about his 2016 season. His 2022 season, there was value there. Obviously, not an old low, low value of, you know, fifth overall, but someone that can do a job for you in a position where you could draft and get tremendous draft value out of that position. We'll leave it there, guys. Got a few more players I want to touch on similar in this vein. So thank you for listening. Get to the socials at the SC Halfback. Be back with another podcast in two days. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.